Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Ladies and gentlemen who are out there, Brenda is about to come on in just a bit. Dr. Brenda is going to rock your world. Our pre-interview was was so much fun. So uh, in these next couple moments, I am just making sure that uh, we are rocking out. Everything is set up effectively, and we are ready to go. Facebook Live. Go live now. Boom shakalaka. All right. Sweet, sweet, sweet. This is going to be fun. So everyone who's just tuning into this 12-hour marathon, uh, I'll give you a brief overview of what it is that we're doing here. We're interviewing leaders, role models, experts, people who are changing the world, like Dr. Brenda Bowers, who's about to come on and just have such a blast. We're going to have an amazing experience. And if you're loving this conversation, if you value becoming your greatest possible self, definitely share this out so that people can get access to these great ideas and this information. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be sharing some intro in just a second here, but I just wanted to invite you to do that. That's how you can support us. That's how you can help us keep growing the marathon in the meantime. And uh, it really, really does make a difference. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for everything that you can do to support us. And uh, it's going to be a great, great day today talking about being in your prime. We're going to have some amazing conversations, epic guests all day long. So definitely stay tuned and would love to hear what you are most looking forward to. Is it Brenda? Is there other interviews that you're really excited about today? Would love to hear what you are most excited about. So we're going to just go ahead and get started with this introduction process and uh, welcome to this Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self interview. I'm going to introduce Dr. Brenda Bowers in just a second. We're going to talk about getting to know you and really becoming your best friend forever. Like how do you do that? How do you actually take care of yourself and empower yourself and help yourself become your greatest possible self? We're going to dive into that. First though, I'm talking to you because you are already becoming your greatest possible self. Simply by showing up here today, by choosing to invest your time, your energy, your money into becoming your greatest possible self, into podcasts, into coaching, into live events, into relationships that are important to you, you are ultimately becoming your greatest possible self. So I acknowledge you. In case you haven't given yourself a pat on the back lately, I'm doing it for me. And I'm also just saying thank you. So you deserve a pat on the back. You deserve that acknowledgement, that celebration that you are on the journey. So keep taking one step at a time. I appreciate you. Next up is the iTunes review of the week, and this week, let's see who it's by. It's by Human Flame, who says, it gets you going. Thanks, Chris, for your energy and positivity that you bring. Love what you're bringing to the table. Human Flame, thank you so much for that review. I appreciate it. Love getting that feedback. Love hearing what's working about the marathon. And also, we love to hear what can be improved. What do you want to see more of? So if you want a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour live stream all day long as the featured review of the week, go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes and give us a review, give us a rating. Uh, let us know what you love and what you want to see more of. That really helps us to grow and improve the show and deliver even more of what you love. So thank you in advance for doing that. And you could also just search Greatest Possible Self on the Apple Podcast Store and find it like that. 
I'm going to introduce Brenda in just a second here. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes. This is going to be just so much fun. This woman, before I read her intro, she's just so articulate. She's so well-spoken, and I love people who have such a masterful command of language, of communication. I think that when you have such empowering words and pacing and all these different elements of communication and you wield them wisely, powerfully, I think it just makes for such such a more fulfilling life, such a juicier life. And I, I really appreciate how much time and energy Dr. Brendan Bowers has invested into mastering language and communication. You'll see it in the interview before we dive in. Just grab that piece of paper, be ready to take notes, and definitely stick around to the end because one of these ideas has the power to change your life. And she has such an inspiring journey. So let's introduce her and then we'll bring her on the screen. Dr. Brenda J. Bowers, PhD, DNP, RN, MDiv, is a three-time best-selling author and carries over 35 years of management and executive leadership development experience in various industries. Brenda is the founder and CEO of A Word For You, Inc., which is a company dedicated to compelling positive social and cultural change by providing community and environmental conscious strategies and solutions for individuals and industries with the intent to add value to the whole, the whole world. She's worked as a C-suite senior executive in one of the country's largest healthcare organizations, and she presided over the professional development of dozens of system presidents, administrative officers, and executive leaders. And Brenda's passion and unique authentic expertise have yielded results for thousands of people around the globe. And we are blessed to have her here with us today. We are going to rock the house, rock this conversation. Dr. Brenda, are you ready to rock the house? I am so ready, Chris. Yes. It's a rocking time. Yes. How can we not rock the house with Chris Burns? Oh my if goodness. If you haven't connected with him, you should. <laughs> as soon as I say I'm going to, this is the last one I'm going to listen to. <laughs> and I listen to the next one. Fired up all the time. I Thanks for it. having me on, Chris. It. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Brando. We're, we're going to dive in and it's going to be an amazing conversation. We starting, starting this off with being in your prime. That's the theme of today's marathon. And so I just want to hear, what does that mean to you to be in your prime? To be in our prime really means that we are functioning at our highest and best use. So what is our highest and best use? Well, I, I don't think most of us know what that is. When I am functioning at my highest and when I am functioning at my best, mm. then I can say I'm in my prime. It's not when you're 25 or 30 or mm. 35 or 60, if you know somebody like me. But being in your prime is actually a behavioral commitment to the consciousness of your being mm. that you're unwilling to relinquish at any time. For any reason, woo, woo, spicy, spicy. I love it, Brenda. This is this is great. This is great. I really love how you you distinguished between some people might think it's it's based on your age. It's not just because you're in your twenties. No, it's by using the highest and best skills, abilities, gifts each moment, each presence moment to be able to share that with people and and impact them and and give those greatest gifts. I love it, Brenda. That is beautiful. And I want to focus on you, put the spotlight on you in terms of uh, you know, in the last 
last couple of years, like you've really gone through a lot of things and we're going to get into your, your journey and those challenges and things like that. And specifically today, we just want to know what do you stand for? What's important to you? What are you here to serve the world with and serve your clients with as well, Brenda? Well, I really appreciate that. I believe in consistency of mission. I get concerned when people have a mission that changes every day, Mm -hmm. depending on the wind, depending on the political position that we may find ourselves in globally. We really need to know what we stand for. Mm -hmm. So in order for us to have that consistent mission, we have to know who we are. So I'm all about helping people to really learn who they are. And a lot of people don't like who they are, so they don't want to know who they are. They already know up front they don't like them. But <laughs> my my big statement is, if you don't like you, why should anyone else? Mm. And we expect others to embrace us, and we expect others to uh, value us, and we expect others to follow us even when we do not want to follow ourselves. Mm. So we have to know who we are and we stand and fall to me on one word and that's integrity. When, when we come, we have to have it. And when we leave, we have to have it. Mm. Surround yourself with people who share your values Mm. and not your opinion, because those individuals will give you perspective that will continue to broaden your mission without disrupting its underlying purpose. That's what I think it's all about. Man, I I really, I love, I want to highlight integrity as one of the most powerful values that we can focus on maintaining. And I want to go to that statement you said about we come in with integrity and it's important that we go out with integrity too, because when we're a baby, Our integrity is being led from our source, from our internal GPS, from our feelings and our emotions and and what we are being called forth into. And unfortunately, there's not a current structure of supporting us into tapping into that and being being true to that. And so it's, it's so amazing, Brenda, that you're here to remind people how to tap back into that, how to rediscover who they are, how to how to learn to like themselves again. Because if you don't do that, then like you said, why would anybody want to be around you? Why would anybody want to follow you? So I think it's an amazing place to start this conversation. And we're going to go back into your journey, Brenda, and talk about where did you really discover that this was your mission to, to help empower people, to remind them who they are, what's important to them, and what they stand for. Well, I've had the opportunity um, my entire life to be around people. I was raised <laughs> around people. Uh, my, my parents didn't keep us isolated. We were kind of thrown out there. Our bread and butter came as a result of us going out and doing um, concerts. There were seven of us, so seven children and our parents. My mom would write the songs that we would sing. Sometimes she would write them on our way to a performance and we would have to learn them right while we were driving. And then she had uh, costumes. One year, I understand I was the baby Jesus when we were doing a Christmas program. So we were brought up with this idea that you have something to contribute. And there are no excuses for why you don't deliver on that contribution. Mm. So whatever is in you, again, from that integrity standpoint, you know, integrity shows up sometimes in ways we don't like it. And sometimes our little ones will look up and say, 
oh, mommy, look at that person next to us. Why, why is their hair so goofy or something, you know? And then as parents, we want to just faint and disappear. But they have such honest integrity. And most of the time, we say, shut up. Mm. Instead of, you know, maybe we don't do it in front of the person, but let's tease that out. What did you see? Mm. And why did you think, why did you think that? hair looked goofier. What, what was that about? I strongly believe that in lifelong learning, it's all about pulling out what already exists and so much less about pushing in what we want someone to have. So in my journey, my life was, okay, the show must go on. And I had a brother who, I, who stood by me, an older brother, when we were singing. And he would faint and it would freak me out. <laughs> so he, so we'd be singing and we're up there singing. And then all of a sudden, here he goes, bam. Oh and then, so I remember just one time, just I just start bawling right in the middle of the song. I'm just crying, crying, crying. And we were in a school. I had to be like six years old. And then my mom took us off at the break and took us in the locker room of the school. And my brother revived. Well, I didn't know if he was dead or what. Okay, he revived. I, I didn't know what painting was. So then he was okay. And the part I remember is my mother taking me and she said, the show must go on no matter what. Keep singing. And I just, that was a life changing moment for me. Yeah, so just to, I to build in, been. to build in a paradigm of resilience, right? Oh like goodness. no matter what comes at you, you're going to keep going. You're going to keep holding to that integrity of what am I here to accomplish? What's the vision? What must happen regardless of the circumstances, interruptions, breakdowns, defeats, challenges, setbacks, whatever. How do we keep moving forward? The show must go on. Yeah. Your, your show, this marathon. Mm. Uh, Wow, what a phenomenal idea where you've taken on this challenge. And I know you're not doing this without technological difficulties, without <laughs> physiological challenges, but a commitment that you have made is the show must go on. We're going to cross the line of the marathon. When we get to the end, we're going to cross it. And guess what? We're getting the trophy yes. because there, there is no second place, mm. right? We're running the marathon to get the only prize and the only prize is first place. That's right. So I have been raised to have a first place mentality, mm. a first place purpose that when people don't like you, so what? When you don't look like other people, sound like other people, walk like other people, when people demean you and when uh, people ridicule you, all of those things that are real things that have real impact on us and in the moment can have us lose our pool in the back of who I am, in the construct of my DNA. What I hear inside myself is the show must go on. Mm. So I have to keep a certain peace and calm within myself, regardless of the darts that are coming. Otherwise, I will lose focus on my mission and, and I won't complete the marathon. Mm -hmm. So getting people to understand that you can stay focused on your mission, you can complete your purpose, but it is with great deliberation, intentionality, consistency, and first 
You've got to believe you can do it. So that's why I start with knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. Brenda, I, I really appreciate this. And I think in the audience's mind, they're saying, okay, the show must go on. What a great mantra to adopt for my life and, and build in that resilience, build in, okay, how, how, how can I be more resourceful? How can I show up to face this challenge, this adversity, this setback? And I think oftentimes we're looking for the words, we're looking for what to do, how to do it. And almost the, this builds in an inner knowing like, hey, I know I'll be able to get through it. I know that there's a completion point for this task, for this mission at some point, at least theoretically, right? When, when we've brought self-awareness to all humanity, when, mm-hmm. when everyone is, is true to who they are, like imagine a world we're living in like that. That's, that's so beautiful. Until that happens, the show must go on and we can, we can m- like miniaturize that and make it into these, these bite-sized projects that we have to get completed. Maybe it's launching a book. Maybe it's just doing another 12-hour marathon. And also, I believe that in the the project, whatever the race, whatever the uh, activity is, as long as we're doing our personal best and competing against ourselves and what we know we're capable of, then that, for me, is integrity. And I think it is for you as well. It's like, really, do you feel you're doing your best? If not, how can we shift that? How can we step into that? And also while still celebrating and appreciating ourselves, I think a lot of people beat themselves up when they don't do the right things too. Well, celebration has to be hardwired into mm. every day. In fact, I think it needs to be hardwired into every second. Mm. I believe in choices by the second. We have 59 opportunities every minute to make right choices. So what are we doing? And some people say, oh my goodness, it's so fast. Okay, but you're living it anyway. So since you have to go through them anyway, learn how to tap into them because in them, you're going to have disappointment and now you have opportunity to overcome disappointment and you have opportunity now to pick to pick um, solutions and now you pick solutions and now you say, I'm going to apply those solutions. And then you pat yourself on the back and you say, wow, okay, I got over that. And then you just step back and say, the show must go on and it's going on with me because I'm fired up. Give me another 60 seconds. So if I can just get it to where I might not be able to make it through a day, I might not be able to make it through a lifetime, Mm -hmm. years and Mm -hmm. months and weeks and days and hours, uh, but I might be able to make it another minute. You just, if you just allow me to take one minute, 60 seconds, and I think we should give ourselves 120 seconds when somebody really ticks us off. I say, take 120 seconds, get a timer, Mm. say whatever you want to say, kick however you want, however high you want to kick, do whatever you want to do that is unethical and unfathomable that you would never want anybody to know existed inside of you. And when that bell goes off at 120 seconds, it's over. It's in the past. It's never going to come up again. You've done your thing. Delete it from life because we have another 60 seconds to get back on our game. And the way we get back on our game is looking at ourselves and saying, Hey, Brenda, do you know you? Do you know you today? Do you want to know you today? Because if I wake up and I don't want to know me today, then I need to put myself on a timeout, get it together. It doesn't stop the show. It just says, Brenda, kick your butt in gear. 
and you're not going to take more than 120 seconds to do it because time is still moving. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to get up and you're going to say those 10 reasons that you're alive. Because I ask people to create a list of 10 words. I am alive because I need to be alive because society would miss this if I were not alive. That if you do 10 words of each of those questions, that's 30 words that should get you back on track when society tries to tell you you're done, it's mm. over, out for the count. Uh, what I say is, look, is the clock still ticking? Take the next 60 seconds and turn it around. So awesome. I want those three questions again. What are those three questions just to make sure people are writing it down and getting it and, and doing this work? And I just want to talk to whoever's listening and watching right now. Do this. Write this down. Figure this out because this is this is so valuable to, to just build a foundation in your life of who are you? What do you stand for? What's the value that you have to bring to the world? Because you have so much. But if you're not clear on that, then you're just going to be wandering around. You're going to be hoping that... That it hits you upside the head. Just a newsflash for you. It doesn't hit you upside the head. You engineer it. You design it. You create it. You are the master architect of your life. So Brenda, what are those questions again? You are the best master architect of your life. I can never be your best you. I can mm. only be my best me. That's why it's so critical to ask yourself, you know, why am I alive? Why am I here? But, and just by words, not even by sentences, just 10 words. Why am I alive? And, and write those words and make them powerful, mm. very powerful words. You know, why, why, why am I alive? And, you know, why should people like me? Why, mm. why should someone want to be in any kind of relationship with me if that's standing on a subway on a plane or as a team partner in family or corporate america what what 10 reasons you you should want to be part of me you should want to know me because of these 10 reasons and then lastly what if you weren't here so what what would the world miss if you weren't here what 10 things would the world miss if you weren't here? I think that is a critical one because it takes us from, my goal is to take us from the innermost part of ourselves and then broaden us to make sure now we're saying, hey, what do others think? And then give us some true social global responsibility mm. as citizens of this world. We need to know that we should be having an impact on the world. Well, if you never say, what would people miss? It's easy to say nothing. Well, you know, I, I refute that every time. Then mm. why are you here? Then why are you listening? Then why do you want to burn up? Then why do you want to be the greatest possible self you can be? Because there's a contribution inside of you. Mm. Even if you haven't articulated it yet, there is a contribution saying, I want to be born. I want to be born. Will you get me there? Get me there. Get me there. Well, this is one of the ways that we get there. And I, I do this exercise and it's, re it's really kind of hard. I have people hold their hand up and I say, okay, on a scale of one to five, one being you know terrible and five being the best, I will ask them, how well do I like myself? And then I'll just say, one, two, three, put your fingers up. So I make us do uh, open research yeah. on 
if we like ourselves. And I tend to get, I'll get some twos and some threes and a couple of fives. People, you know, you got some of the people that say, yeah, I like me. (laughs) And and then I ask, how well do you manage yourself? Same scale. Let's throw up the fingers. One, two, three. How well do you manage yourself? Numbers go down. Numbers go down. And then how frustrated am I with myself right now in this Mm. second? How frustrated am I with me? And we get different, you know, frustrated, obviously a word that I'm posing because it's more subjective. I don't care however you interpret frustrated. Just answer the question for you because this is about knowing you. So even if someone scores 15 and they say they were five on all three, I let them know they still have work to do because the more you become aware of yourself, the more unaware of yourself you become. Wow. So the more you the more you learn about you, the more there is to learn about you. That's right. And I think I think it shifts from being overwhelmed and feeling lost, which a lot of people can find themselves in in today's society, into being so full of curiosity and wonder. Like people might look at you, Dr. Brenda, and say, hey, like she knows so much. She's so self-aware. She has it all figured out. And I think you're at the place where you you know how much you don't know and you're willing to be real and, and transparent with that and say, like, I don't have it all figured out. But I'm so excited to learn because of all that I already have under my belt, all these tools, all these experiences, they just enrich my life. And with that perspective, with the work and the time and the energy you've invested into becoming this woman today, becoming your best friend forever, and it's a lifelong pursuit, that you're so excited to continue the journey with yourself. And I think that's such a magical, wondrous place for people to be. If, if that's all we set out to do is to create that wonder, create that aliveness and say, I wonder what else I can learn about myself and about life today. I think that's such an incredible place to be. Well, you know, if we do that, then it's inevitable mm. for society to follow. Yes. So as many of us that accept the challenge to be our greatest possible selves, then we'll, we'll be next to someone who's doing that, doesn't have to look like us, doesn't, doesn't have to be the same as us. But if we are truly committed to show up as our greatest possible self, wherever we are, whether we're by ourselves or whether we're in a crowd of hundreds of thousands, then we're going to find this ripple effect. We're going to find that when somebody says, hey, that's cool, somebody's going to say, yeah, right on. And somebody else is going to say, whoa, did you see that? Hey, high five. All of a sudden, we start getting these physiological, social interactions. Like we see at football games. Okay, everybody knows when to do the wave. Yeah. That is a powerful sociological yeah. statement yeah. about how we feel about something. Now, it's not always about how we feel about ourselves because maybe we're projecting that on how we feel about the team Mm. and we want to feel a part of, we want to belong. How many people who do the social way do it by themselves at home? Mm. How many give themselves a high five alone when no one else is there? Mm. So those first three questions are really awareness questions. And then I ask those three relational questions and I say, how well do I know me? 
Mm. How well do I know me? And I still do. Let's let's raise our hands. One through five. How well do I know me? And numbers aren't as high as they were in the awareness questions. Mm. And then my second question on relationship is, do I want to know me? Mm. So from the authenticity of your soul, as transparent as possible, you know, take 10 seconds and search yourself. Do you want to know you? Because there are people who escape who they are all the time. They live a life of projection. They live a life always striving to be someone else. So addressing the question, do I want to know me? And then the, the third question on the relational side is, am I someone who anyone should want to know? Am I someone who anyone else should want to know? And people who may say, Chris, that they couldn't come up with 10 words of why they're alive, but they give a five on, yeah, somebody should want to know me. Well, why? You don't know. <laughs> you can't even tell me why you should be alive. So, okay, something's wrong here. So now let's tease that out. Because if someone should want to know you, then you're now saying you have a societal contribution that either you want to pretend you don't have, you're afraid for it to be revealed, and you may have been told through fear, through trauma, through experiences. You'll never be nothing. You, you know, there, there can be things that have happened to us all. We all have some trauma. We deal with trauma differently. But trauma can make you say, no, I don't think anyone should know me. But then when you go into yourself, you could say, but you know, the reason I'm alive is because I love giving. I love sharing. I, so there is a way to address the trauma by just allowing a person to, again, pull from themselves their authentic truth and then just let them look at that and receive it back. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people go through these traumas and experiences and are unwilling to look at it and to kind of accept it about themselves, accept that they went through it. And because of that unwillingness to accept the thing, the circumstance, the the breakdown, the broken heart, the trauma, the abuse, whatever whatever happened, because they're unwilling to just accept it and be with it and feel that pain that they may have been repressing for so long, that's when all the, the fake facade masks and projections come from is because they're so wounded and they're unwilling to to face that shadow, face that pain. And it does suck. It's yeah. terrible. It's horrendous. It's, you know, like wish that those kinds of things would never happen upon anyone. But because it did happen, how do we choose to respond? How do we choose to, to show up in, in the face of that? And I think that's a really powerful place to be of, of, as the creator of your reality, taking whatever ingredients life has given you and making the most out of it. Well, that, that's very important. And in my coaching process, one of the things I do is to address it. Yeah. Let's call it out. You know, I've been on the trauma train, so you you can tell me whatever 
I, I'm not going to be embarrassed or shocked or, or anything. You'd be surprised at all the stops I have made on the trauma train. So let's just get on it together. We were both going through it at the same time, didn't know each other, but let's accept that it exists. So I, whether we have waste baskets or I will bring in baskets and I call them burden buckets. Mm. <clears throat> so put them around a room. And I encourage people to do this with their family, <clears throat> excuse me, because it is very powerful. So what you do is take those things, take those things and write them down. Those, those traumas, those things that have made you feel less than worthy of anything, the, the baggage that you've been carrying around, you know, I, I take like a 10 minute of silence and just say, go for it, write it down and allow you to feel whatever you feel might be really hard to write. Some of it might become very emotional, but trust that however emotional it is, you're going to surface it and then you're going to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. So when we get them all down and one per piece of paper, I don't care if you have two or 200, then we're going to go over to our burden buckets mm -hmm. and we're going to say, this is the last time you're going to control my life. Mm -hmm. I am throwing you into the burden bucket. And the only way you can come back into my life is if I dig through my own garbage and pick you up again. Wow. And I take them and I burn them up. So they never have to see them again. And if they recreate them, now you have to have a different conversation. Why, why did I pick this burden up? Why did I pick this baggage up? What is making me go back to a place that is reducing my greatness to a nothingness? And even that level of awareness will help people Okay, maybe you do have to throw it in the burden bucket three or four or five times. But one of those times is going to be the last time. And then that last time is when you shift from transition to transformation. Mm. There's a time in transition where it's kind of slow and we go back and forth. But when you transform, listen, done. I'm done with the past. You done. bring it up as many times as you want to. You call me whatever you want to call me. You name me whatever you want to name me. I don't know who you're talking about anymore because that does not live here anymore. Sorry, go find somebody else. Doesn't reside here. Wow. This is, Brenda, this is amazing. And I want to I want to reconnect this with your journey because you've, you've been on this journey. You've been in corporations, helping executives, teams, leaders, people to, to become their greatest possible selves and break through this themselves. You've gone through so much of this. We want to get to know a little bit more about your journey. Can you tell us a little bit more about what brought you to this point today? It's, it's great what you've been sharing so far, like just going in deep into the, into the tactics, into the questions, into here's what you freaking do. I love it. I love it. And let's talk more about your story. What's it been like? All right. So then we we can we can fly the plane a little higher. I've been <laughs> I've been flying low, throwing out the t-shirts and hopefully <laughs> catching them. But now we're gonna go up higher where you might not see my face, but I'm still giving you good information. <laughs> so for me, I I grew up really unaware mm. of things like 
racism, poverty. Uh, they weren't part of our household, even though they were part of our reality. Mm. So it was a long time before I knew we were what society labeled poor mm. or that uh, being people of color was different than not. Those are things that we really weren't raised to have those conversations mm. at all in our family. Our conversations were excellence is the only option. Make sure you're being excellent wherever you are, the end, period. And there is um, a lot of pressure when you're raised on a standard of excellence. Because then when you do anything wrong, it is like you destroyed the whole world. So I had some opportunity to do those anything wrongs. (laughs) I had a lot of those along the way. A lot of those that... um, I can now say have really helped to make my story from the time of my father passing when I was 14 and being a teenage mother by the age of 15, going to be a pathologist and being um, being trained by the best pathologist in our city who taught me at 14 years old how to draw blood and process human specimens and taught me how to be an autopsy assistant when wow. I was 14. Wow. So I was doing doing all of this wonderful stuff. And then when I was 21, I had three children and under this standard of excellence. And I, I wasn't married at the time. And I was just like, I have to disappear because I've blown it. I have, there's no reason for me to be alive. Well, thank God for children. Because they'll keep you alive. If, 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 if you keep them, they will keep you alive. And I had some children that needed me and didn't mind letting me know they needed me. Mm. So I, I got into survival mode. Because one thing people do, when people are focused on excellence, they will get in survivor mode when they fall. No. So I said, okay, I got I can do this. And I, I went to school and I, mm. I got, I became a, a lab tech and I went back closer to my home where I was, I left. And then I went back and I got an internship and I learned some more trades and I, I became a nuclear medicine tech and I became a, a certified nursing assistant and I became a licensed practical nurse. And then I became a registered nurse. And by the time I became a registered nurse, and when I was an LPN, they had this program that you could go through. And if you pass this test, then you could take a year off of the curriculum. I was like, well, I used to be smart. So let me see if I still am. So I took <laughs> I took the challenge test and I passed it. So then I became an RN in a year. And after that, I was I was now able to start building life again. Mm. I was able to start saying, oh, wow, I can get a paycheck by helping other people. And I still trauma train still hit me, had Mm. five children, was married, uh, just had some some challenges with uh, with delivering children and Mm. a lot of a lot of challenges. And then I 
took all those challenges along with my faith and said, I can do this. Mm. I can do this. I can do this. No matter what, I can do this. But let me tell you, no matter what came. So be careful when you say no matter what, because I thought no matter what was fictitious. No, no matter what is real. And he and she exist and they are powerful. And no matter what will come to your front door and kick you in the butt and try to destroy you. So I I did some teaching. I had jobs. I remember one job that I really loved where I was in the clinical setting and then one of my children got ill and the and my job said that if I left that I was going to lose my job and I had to stand there and make a decision if I was going to walk away from the income that was taking care of my family or if I was going to go and take care of my child. And I remember taking off my white coat, folding it up, putting it down and saying, thank you for the opportunity. And I left and I took care of my child. But I got to do some really fun and cool things. I worked in community health and then I got into education, got into executive coaching because I started doing staff teaching. I worked in psych for several years, had the opportunity to work with Vietnam vets under mm-hmm. substance abuse. So I got to see some really, really cool things. And then when I got into executive management, I had this wonderful goal, Chris. Guess what? If I can get to the table where decisions are made, we're going to rock this world. We're going to get rid of discrimination. We're going to get rid of ageism, sexism. We're going to break the glass ceiling. And I thought all that and I got in my seat. And I tell you, it's plexiglass because it doesn't break easy. I just <laughs> in my head. It didn't break. And I was like, oh, okay. I got to try something else. And then I started getting treated different as the mm. only woman, as the only person of color. And, and uh, I could have given up, but I decided not to because now I had children who I told, you're going to get your butts out of school. You're going to go and you're going to get your degree. Mm. And I'm going to work and make sure we're going we're gonna to pay for your bachelor's degree, but we're going to expect you to go further because I've gone through trauma. Your dad's gone through trauma, all this. And guess what? They all did. They all went. They all at least have their bachelor's. I have a daughter, my oldest, who has a Ph.D. Wow. I have my youngest who has his J.D. and his MDiv. And in the middle, I have a son who has a master's in um, mechanical engineering management, a daughter who has her MBA and is CFO and a daughter who has her master's in clinical mental health and functions in case management. So I have clean hands Mm. in contributing because I had dirty hands that I wanted to get clean. Wow. That's, I I I see Brenda, I see how much of a stand you were for your kids. To really yeah. contribute to them. And like that was such a priority for you while you were still growing yourself and how to make an impact and change the world. And I think that's that's such a divine dance that we are on in this journey is what where do we place our focus and our attention at, at what seasons of life? And it, mm-hmm. I'm sure it was there's so many challenges and obstacles and opportunities for growth for you to say, what is truly most important to me? And that's that's each individual's own discretion of who you are, what's important to you, what feels right, what is your truth. And we get 
tested, so to speak. We have these opportunities that life throws at us saying, what are you really committed to? What do you really want? And I, I just so acknowledge you for raising such amazing kids and accomplished kids and, and the, these, these beautiful foundations that they all have to go create the life of their dreams while you were also creating yours. I, I imagine that is a Herculean effort. I haven't raised kids myself. I never given birth to kids myself. I imagine it is a Herculean effort. <laughs> ah, her, her, Herculean on steroids. And I, I tell you, you know, it's always interesting because each of them are so brilliant, but they have their own story. You know, they have their own story about where I'm thinking I'm the the good witch, you know, and I'm oh here, I'm I'm doubting your life and I'm giving you this. They might see more of a wicked witch of the West that didn't let them stop because I knew what they were going to contend with. As I started to contend with uh, racism, sexism, as things, classism, as things began to really show up as real, when I started understanding the political system, when I got into healthcare and found out the disparities between um, healthcare for different people, it's not, it's not the same. So when I started realizing that there were different statistics for different categories of people in different disease states, then I got very intrigued and I wanted to bring some equalization mm. to the care that people could receive so that everyone could be as healthy as the next person. Yeah. That still isn't the case, but that uh, passion got me into executive health care where I immediately begin to uh, have my skills show up in the coaching arena. Mm. So now how can you help this president who's losing these many millions mm. at their hospital turn their leadership team around? So then I started getting called on to do some higher level change management work. Mm. And I started um, learning by creating models because I didn't really have a lot at that time historically. Now change is such a cliche word almost. When I put my change and transition model in place, I didn't have a lot of places to look. You know, I looked at, looked to John Cotter, William Bridges, but there weren't a whole lot of individuals. So I had to create my own models. Mm. So I started turning presidents around. I started turning individuals who they were thought that they could never lead into leaders wow. with just some self-awareness, relation management things. And then that's where I peaked in my career and wanted to really help all levels, not just presidents, not just C-suite, but including C-suite. You know, I could help the White House if they wanted some real help. But we just, you know, there are some things that really aren't that hard to fix if we're willing to have the conversation to fix them. So that's where I started diving and delving. And then uh, three years ago, the company where I was doing this as a senior executive got acquired by another company. And part of uh, the executive C-suite was eliminated. I, got, I was part of that elimination. Mm. So that's really where I made world changers and difference makers. I took time when I didn't have a job to write what I knew. So I wrote what I knew worked. And I believe that we are spherical beings. We're, we're not uh, linear. 
So in my spiric approach, we have this nucleus called self-awareness that is encompassed by relationship management, relationship with ourself first, which is then covered with authorial presence, which means never surrender your pen of authorship of presence. You own your presence. Stop putting your pen in the basket when you show up at the door. Keep your pen of presence. You're the author. You're the owner. And then we have our next layer of organism knowledge because we are living organisms. When we approach ourselves as joining an organization, then we're joining a thing versus providing ourselves as talent as an organism. Mm. Then we're bringing life. So what do we know is that? And then that is lastly surrounded by essential expertise. So Mm. how do I take the knowledge? What's essential in this particular situation? And how do I gain the expertise without losing any awareness, any relationship? And so it's all connected. So this is a sphere that I call self-life intelligence. And if you can get those five spheres working in that five, in those directions, Mm -hmm. now I can take self-life intelligence and make that entire world the nucleus of societal leader intelligence. If we get people who can do those five things, we can pick them up, put them in the middle of societal mess. And now they're ready to now be the leaders that are making a difference, whether it's at that supervisor level, manager level, director, VP, entrepreneur level, Mm. entrepreneur level. Now all of those are being addressed from this self-life intelligent healthy place. So it is, it is complex. And that's why uh, people who are interested, you'll need some individual coaching. I am working on a workbook to go with my comprehensive guide, but we're complex and we're worth it, right? We want, we want easy solutions, but we want to be respected as complex people. Mm. So what you're doing is complex. Chris, you make it look so easy, (laughs) but you're kicking butt. This is hard you. stuff that you're doing. Yeah, so, I also I wanted to speak to this because I think it's important to make it as simple as possible. And like you said, we are complex. We are multidimensional beings with all these different aspects of us. And I think that's why there's no quote unquote field guide to life yet, right? Is because there's just so much that we we get to to go through and different aspects of us to dive into, to understand, to be curious about. And I think it's really cool. I want to focus on this aspect of an organism and why you felt that was important as a model, as a relational model to make with this spherical approach? Like, did you, did you see past models like of, of uh, change management, of, of coaching that was like really more of a technical blueprint and there was no like life in it? What, what spawned that for you? Yeah, what spawned that for me was accepting life for myself. Mm. So If I am a living being and I heard so much about organizational knowledge Mm -hmm. and, you know, making sure that we're doing 360s and making sure that we have organizational outcomes, that we're effective and and efficient and organizational effectiveness. Mm -hmm. And as I studied those, it still felt so linear and scientific without the carbon, if you will. Mm. So the, the, the life 
wasn't there. You gave me formulas and you told me some things that I could walk people through much more robotically. Then what if I started by acknowledging that the people I'm working with are the change? Mm -hmm. They are the life. They are the living organism that brings structure to an organization. Every organization has a life cycle. Too often, we end our careers when the organizational life cycle ends. As organisms, we are able to leave an organization and we are able to recreate ourselves and we are able to offer our greatness to ourselves and to others. So it's so important to me because I almost lost my organism when I was told I was no longer going to be part of an organization. Mm -hmm. It was then that I realized that I had life separate and distinct from the organization. I think organizations are afraid in many ways to have people know that they have life outside of work. This is who you are. You Mm -hmm. are your job. Mm -hmm. We pay you to be this job. Well, that's when we surrender that pin of authorial presence. No, I can give you 100% of me and retain 100% of me for myself because I'm a living organism that morphs, that changes. I am energy. I, don't, I, I can change without giving up. And, and if we could really embrace like energy that you can change us and you can change the construct, but guess what? I'm 100% all of the time. So you can never make me 99 because I am by design a hundred percent organism. And, and Brenda, I want to speak to this. The the way that while you were talking, I related it to hearing this this phraseology in the past. Like think about in terms of investing in your employees. You can either invest in the training and development of them, and you might be afraid that they are going to go somewhere else and go work for another company. Okay, so that is a possibility. There would be a cost to the training and development and having that happen. But think about what it would cost to not have a trained employee, to not have someone who's producing and effective and being their greatest possible self. Same thing with this. You can either like like pay the cost of helping someone recognize that they are a life form, that they are they are a being, and to help them highlight all of their greatest gifts and live their best life ever. Or you can pretend that they are just a mechanism. They're just a, another cog in the wheel and like receive the cost of them not producing, of not being fulfilled, of feeling like they're insignificant and imagine the output that will diminish because they think of themselves as just another piece of machinery versus I'm a adaptable, creative, uh, empowered human being to, to find solutions to help this organization and organism grow, I think we it's so easy to see that it always is going to make sense to empower people to be their best, whether they continue to stick with the company and the organization or go off onto the, a pasture of their own, so to speak, and do things that are, are more aligned with them. Whichever way they go, it makes sense to, to invest in them. Always, because if organizations live in the fear of losing top Mm. talent, they're already losing top talent because top talent stays where there's liberty. Mm. So you want to make sure that the talent that you acquire has reason to bring their life to your organization that has life. Mm. 
And the life of the organization really isn't going to be the beautiful corner office. That's going to make them feel good. But the life of the organization is who am I working with? Do I have self-directed teams? Are the teams making the deliverables? Do they they come in on time and under budget? And do they do that without restraint? Do they still have fun with their family? Do they take time off? Do they get to work from home? Where is their level of creativity allowed? Do you recognize that your innovation lies within your people, that the creativity lies within the people, that the best strategies you haven't heard yet because they lie within that talent and put them in a room with a blank piece of paper and a problem and you ask them, how would you solve this? And you recognize that there's five generations. So you allow for there to be flexibility um, to say, okay, so you see it this way and you see it this way. What percentage of our workforce is this and what percentage of our client base is this Hmm. it's leadership really recognizing the power of life and then allowing life to come together to create solutions and top talent is always going to be sought out and top talent you can acquire it Hmm. but you're going to lose it if you treat it as part of the organization versus letting them know you're glad that that organism of life showed up. Research shows us that if people work four days, even if it's 10 hour days, if they have a three day weekend every week, they're more productive. If they work from home, they're more productive. Mm -hmm. If we allow flexibility, if we allow one of the coolest things that people really don't want to hear is if you take away a vacation policy and you just say, Hey, Take the time that you need in order to be your best you as long as everything is still intact. Another very innovative way to keep people um, tied to the purpose of the organization because you're treating them like an organism. Brenda, this is this is gold. I want to focus on world changers, difference makers, and and what we're out to accomplish, especially in the next couple of years. Like, what's the vision for that? Tell us a little bit more about about what you got going on. Sure. And the vision for me, I've had, um, I wrote the book. I actually, as you said, have three. I have, uh, I'm very blessed. I'm humbled by it. I have one that is a devotional, a 365 day devotional Mm -hmm. that is available called A Word for You. gives you a, a page every day. And then I was really blessed with Kevin Harrington. I was picked as one of the chapter authors in his Put a Shark in Your Tank, which is an, uh, also a number one international bestseller. And I'm chapter author, uh, chapter six. So I've been really busy while I wasn't in corporate. Mm. And once I found out organism was a real thing, when mm. I jumped into it myself and I had to be one, it was really enlightening for me. And my goal well, in 2019, my goal was to push uh, World Changers Difference Makers, get into at least five top corporations, help mm. turn their leadership around because we're still struggling with talent acquisition and retention at, you know, again, governmentally, corporately, nonprofit, you pick the industry, we all need help. So I was uh, hoping to be able to get into some of those organizations and individually. I also believe that the work that I put together 
will help with families. I have no issue coming coming to families and to couples and to make make your family stronger by using these processes. 2019 has been a nutty year for me. I was I was let me tell you, I had all of my spheres moving and then life said, oh, you wrote down too many positive things, you're making too great of an impact. We're going to have you have this emergency surgery that's going to change your life. I was walking up the stairs of my house and I ended up having a, a ruptured colon that poisoned my entire system. They didn't think I was going to live. Don't know why I'm alive yet. And from that time until this, I have had between, um, between procedures and surgeries over 12 of them and half of them, I was told I wasn't going to make it through. So where I'm at right now, Chris, is am I who I tell you to be? Mm. Or am I someone who has written to tell you who to be, but I myself will not live in that same truth? Well, of course, I live in that truth. Therefore, even when I, I don't have energy or when I give all my energy here, and thank you so much for having me, mm. a rebuild is also real. So I also want to say, I know that we have to wind up. I also want to say no matter where you are in life, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter you know, if you're single, if you're married, if you're divorced, if you have children, if you don't, if you know who your father is, if you don't know who your mother is, if Everybody in your family was in a disaster. You lost them. If, if uh, 911 brought tragedy, if you've been part of this crazy avoidable um, violence in mm. schools, police, whatever, anywhere you find yourself in a life just isn't worth it. It just isn't worth it. I want you to know that I'm an author who has lived in that truth. Mm. So I don't stand here as a theoretical, philosophical uh, think tank that has just read a bunch of stories, I can tell you from living through the trauma train and getting on the train to triumph, mm. there really is a path. There is a path and it starts with you understanding who you are, even when there's nothing left but ashes. And there's nothing left but ashes because you're an organism. You can turn into the greatest Phoenix ever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. Brenda, rising from the ashes. What a great way to complete this interview. And we want to know, our audience wants to know, is how do they stay connected with you? Uh, how do they take those next steps? How do they work with you? How do they get a hold of you? What do they do? I appreciate that. I am on social media, Brenda Bowers, whether Facebook, and your Facebook Live now, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you can email me at a word for you eight at gmail.com. That is the letter A W O R D, the number four, the letter U, the number eight at gmail.com. And I am glad to connect with anyone to do a uh, 30-minute assessment, we do also utilize a judgment assessment to help you know how do you make decisions. So it's not just fluff. Mm -hmm. I do believe in, you know, I, I have 
the PhD and went back, you know, I'm one of those crazy people that went back and got a doctorate in nursing practice and did not plan it at all. When I graduated with my second doctorate on that same day, my son graduated with his Juris Doctorate and my daughter graduated with her PhD wow. on the same day, May 15, 2015. Dang. So I figure if God smiled down on me and allowed that to happen, that, you know, as long as I open my eyes, I got to hold on to my pen because, Chris, there's more to write. And I appreciate you burning it up, burning it out and telling us it's not over until it's over and it's far from over. That's right. That's right. Brenda, you are an exceptional human being, an exceptional mother, an exceptional leader and excellent in everything that you do. So I really, really appreciate this conversation, your, your articulation, your stories, your journeys, the different tactics and exercises. It was absolutely beautiful. And for everyone who's tuning in, if you got massive value out of this, which I know I did, take a screenshot of it, post it up on social media, tag me, tag Brenda. And uh, just I appreciate you being here, Brenda. Everything that you shared today, so awesome. We're definitely going to have you back on again. I feel like we just, we just scratched the surface and you got so much more um, coming and just thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Chris. Keep doing what you're doing. And hey, world out there, I believe that if we become world changers and difference makers, if we transform ourselves, we can mend the world one sphere at a time. Blessings to all. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you for being here. See you soon. See you soon. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, Head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever.